moving left, trailing three. Good protect. Pass the right cross. Oh, touchdown! Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard, fire them cannons! What a play! Welcome in, everybody, to Season 2, Episode 45 of the North and South Podcast on Bucks Nation, SB Nation's premier blog covering your Super Bowl 55 champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't say that, like, enough. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. You can find me on Twitter, at JCBucksNation. You can now follow the show on our brand new official Twitter handle, at BucksNationPock. Also, be sure to check out all of our written works at Buck. BucksNation.com. This week, we're doing a little role reversal on you guys again. The old switcheroo, if you will. Joining me tonight is my co-host, the Nashville Buccaneer himself, Mr. Evan Winter. You can find him on Twitter at Evan underscore Winter. Evan, say hi to all the good people. How are you doing tonight, man? Hi, all good people. I'm doing very well, Jason. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good, man. Uh, Doing a little role reversal here, man. I hope it doesn't throw everybody off too badly. Role play, role, role reversal. I'm down for either one if I can just say them correctly. <laughs> so let's go. Let's get it done. Dude, it's been crazy, man. I mean, last week we did uh, exit interviews for our commissioner's corner. We did, uh, you know, we did our Super Bowl recap and we did a whole bunch of things. Uh, but life's been a little, a little crazy since Super Bowl, man. And now we're getting ready for a whole new season starting. We got free agency going on. So let's just jump right into our hot topics from across the league. As I said, we're in full off-season mode right now. We're getting into free agency. Uh, we've been posting our free agency spotlights up on BucksNation.com. You guys want to definitely check all those out. We've got several of them listed there. Uh, we actually have them grouped up so they're nice and easy uh, and accessible for you guys. We also have the NFL draft happening in late April. So no scouting combine this year, obviously, due to COVID protocols. And obviously, there's just one less thing that we needed to, to have a bunch of people together. Uh, and they could do all the workouts Still being aired, I believe NFL Network is going to be airing all the workouts. They started with Trevor Lawrence just about a week or two ago, uh, which was pretty nice to see him working out at Clemson, which gets me right into my first topic. So let's talk about Trevor Lawrence real quick, and then we'll get into another uh, hot report that actually just came off in, in real time here. But I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence real quick. He's expected to go number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer loves a good quarterback. He just, he, he hangs on to a solid quarterback. He's built his career off of making sure. And when he doesn't, guess what he does? I'm not feeling well. I need to jump ship. Sorry. I'm a little unbiased <laughs> to Urban Meyer. Uh, but whenever he doesn't have a good quarterback, he seems to jump ship. But anyway, that's what he hinges on. What does this mean, Evan? What does this mean for the Jags and addressing possibly other critical areas that the Jags need to fulfill, such as offensive line, maybe? Maybe on the defense? What do you think? Jacksonville hasn't had a good quarterback since, what, arguably Byron Leftwich slash David Garrard. Blake Bortles threw for, I think, 36 touchdowns that one season, but he also had like He did have the one good touchdowns. season. Yeah, yeah I mean – I'm just, a little biased there because I'm from UCF, so. <laughs> no, hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. But, I mean, when you really think about Jacksonville quarterbacks – really the only one that comes to mind if you've been watching the league for the last couple decades is really Mark Brunel. And even then oh, he yeah. had a short yeah. run. He had a short run with the Jags, a short successful run with the Jags. So it was MJD days, wasn't it? Uh, I, Fred Taylor. I know for a Fred fact. Taylor, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Fred Taylor, Keenan McCardell before, you know, he I played poker with Fred Taylor in the Super Bowl. Um, 
a lot of really good – Tony Baselli, a lot of really good players on that Jacksonville team. Unfortunately, they lost to the Titans three times in a row. But, anyways, we won't get we, – we, we'll, we'll, we'll just avoid all that. But, uh, so, this is Jacksonville's legit shot at getting a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Gardner Minshew is – solid he's average which translates to solid obviously I, or else i wouldn't use those two terms back to back um it works for this show end, yeah but at the end of the day he's just not a guy you can build your team around trevor lawrence is obviously that guy yeah, now I, I saw some crazy theory out there in the twitterverse earlier today that jacksonville could trade the number one overall pick and possibly another pick maybe a player for russell wilson which would just absolutely blow the NFL landscape wide open if that were to happen. And it, I mean, you just say it yourself, Urban Meyer likes good quarterbacks. It could maybe happen. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Jaguars or the Seahawks franchises enough to really stake a claim in that. However, Jacksonville has a number one pick. So they have a great shot at getting a really good franchise quarterback. Um, or sorry, an actual franchise quarterback. And, Urban Meyer is not going to blow that chance. So no matter what the Jags do, whatever they do with the first overall pick, it's going to be on a quarterback. And if it's Trevor Lawrence, I honestly don't see an issue with that. If I'm a Jags fan, I don't see an issue with that. If I'm a national media person, um, because at the end of the day, he's probably the safest pick in this draft and it, it, it should work out in the long run. Well, speaking of Russell Wilson, he actually, the, the, it's actually around the Twitterverse. You're absolutely right. Uh, but Seattle uh, he is not saying that he is leaving Seattle. He wants to remain a Seahawk. I mean, you could tell that's definitely uh, his marriage with the Seahawks is definitely there. I, I'm, I'm not going to put much stock into that. Uh, he did say, if you consider a trade for me, Seattle, if you consider a trade, I'm, I'm only going to go to Dallas and I'm reading this here. He said, I will consider Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas. Can you name the last one? Uh, no, new because New Orleans just shakes me enough. It gets me shook <laughs> enough to where I just completely forget any other team in the equation. Chicago. So goes, Chicago is the last one that he said. Okay, he if Russell if Russell Wilson goes to New Orleans, I'm going to have a conniption. Let's just put it that. That way. would flip my wig, dude. That would make the NFC <gasps> just that more freaking electric, man. That would just yeah, just chills all over the place. No, no, that would not be good. Uh, actually, I was, I was, uh, speaking to our good friend over at, uh, Canal Street Chronicles and he was actually saying that, uh, uh, Brendan Ertle and he was saying, uh, this is definitely, that's definitely Jameis, Jameis Winston's, uh, area. He's gonna, he's gonna take over the reins there. I thought it was going to be Taysom Hill and, and they would take Jameis Winston at value, uh, for a trade or just release him. But, uh, looks like he's definitely, uh, he's favored to take over the reins there. Uh, but enough talk about Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints because we don't give a buck about them. Let's go ahead and drop into some reality. breaking news here. Uh, and I say breaking news because as of right now, this is this is real time. Just got alerted here. Evan, you just got alerted of a, a news release that just got dropped on NFL.com about Chris Godwin. And he is now saying, just after saying, uh, I want to get paid. I, I fully expect to get paid. Now, I'm not going to go somewhere and not be happy you know, for a few extra dollars, he's come out and said that, but he's also said, listen, I, I expect to get fully paid, but now it seems like every day he keeps changing his story a little bit. Now, apparently he, he says he will play for the franchise tag, which is around $16 million. We're going to talk about this a little bit more with Zach Globner, 
uh, when we talk franchise tags, but what are you hearing about this? I mean, it's just, you know, a, a story on NFL.com, uh, Shaq, or Shaq, sorry, there are so many free agents with the Bucks right now, it's hard <laughs> to keep up with all of them, but uh, Chris Godwin uh, made an appearance, um, I believe, on NFL.com, and he said he would play under the franchise tag, which is, for his position, going to be really close to $16 million this year. Yep. His rookie contract was worth – million dollars so even if he does play under the franchise tag this year either way Chris Godwin is going to make five times in 2021 what he made all four years his first four years in the league so no matter what he's getting paid but that doesn't change the question and I'm just going to kind of halt it right here because we're going to get into a deeper conversation with Zach about this in the next segment does that mean the Bucks should still franchise him? So yeah. either way, he stands to make a lot of money this year. Let's make no mistake about that. There are no bones about that. But is it a smart financial decision for the Bucks as a franchise and what they're trying to accomplish in 2021? That's a lot of dough. And, and but but to hear him change his story a little bit for him to take that. Oh, it's going to change. It's, it's uh, every story is going to change. It's going to keep all changing. Yeah, all this from for between now and March 17, we're going to hear everything. We're going to hear as many <laughs> cliches. We're going to hear stories change. We're going to say, I would love to win another ring. You know, going to another team is, is never guaranteed, but, but I got a family. I got bills to pay. Blah, yeah. Because blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're, because they're, they're in poverty level, man. Cause... Right. Yeah. Poverty, poverty franchise. So. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, until, like I said, until March 17th, until yeah. midnight or 12.01 hits on March 17th, man, just take everything with a grain of salt right now. Well, let's go ahead and continue on with another hot storyline that's happening across Twitterverse, like you like to call it, uh, and happening across the NFL. J.J. Watt uh, just recently reported that about half the, the league, half the league, that is over 15 teams, I believe he said 16 teams engaged him in his representation about offers or saying at least I'm interested, and which is probably not surprising. J.J. Watt is one of the most electric edge rushers uh, in the league, but it's been reported that he could reach up to a deal 16 plus million. Now, he was expected to get paid, what, 17 and a half million this final year? Right. Uh, $16 million dollars. It is the going rate for him right now. That's what it looks like, you know, but what do you think about what, where, where, where does he go? I know we did a spotlight on him. Does he play into the, 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 the Buccaneers scheme? I'm sure we would love to have him, but can we really afford him? That kind of thing. But then again, what do we do with Shaq Barrett? You know, is that a good, just even swap? I know you did a really good one on Bud Dupree from an edge perspective. So there's a lot of good options there. Where do you see Watt going, man? Okay, so sticking with Tampa Bay, if J.J. Watt comes to Tampa Bay, he's not taking the place of Shaq Barrett. He's going to take the place of Ndamukong Sue because in a 3-4 oh. defense, he's more of that hand-in-the-dirt type guy. He's more of that uh, interior defensive lineman. I'm looking at it from like a size perspective, actually, because they're very equal. They're- no, J.J. Watt's actually – he's like 6'6". Six, six, I think he's over 300 pounds. Uh, Shaq's, I think, 6'4", 270, something like that. I'll try wow. to – I'll try I to look measurements. You're right. Up, I haven't looked at measurements. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll try to multitask and look up the measurements uh, while while I'm also speaking. But um, 
man, the whole reason JJ want wanted out of uh, Houston is because he wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And your your team tired of waiting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your teams with um, salary cap room aren't right now aren't winning teams unless he goes to New England and he hopes that Bill Belichick can somehow figure out a way to get another winning season without Tom Brady. So, and just real quick, a side note, Shaq Barrett is 6'2", 249. JJ is 6'5", 289. Hey, don't get me wrong. He's probably going to alternate between having his hand in the dirt and standing up from time to time. But the majority of the time, he's going to have his hand in the dirt in this type of defense. But anyway, 14 to 16 million is way too high. Way too high for him. He's had two healthy seasons out of the last five. I think in those three unhealthy seasons, I think he played a total of 16 games. So he has the equivalent of three fully healthy seasons in five seasons. Um, the It's just not a wise investment for any team out there right now, honestly. But I do think at the end of the day, he goes to the Green Bay Packers. I think he's from Wisconsin. Um, He'll find – they'll find some way to negotiate his deal. But keep a close eye on the Titans, man. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I mean, coached him for a year in Houston – um, he has some kind of connection with Tennessee. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but there's like some like small thing. He's got like an aunt's cousin's brother, sister, mother that lives, you know, in Nashville or some shit like that. But uh, don't count off the Titans. But at the end of the day, I would say Green Bay is where he goes. You know, I, I am actually looking at him joining his brother in Pittsburgh. See, they don't have the cap room, though. That's the thing, it, especially. In well, with Bud Dupree leaving, I mean, how much does that free up? And if they if there's we'll other. See, but, well, Bud, Bud doesn't currently count on the books right now. So, mm. so even yeah, but Bud has nothing to do with their current salary cap. And right now, according to spot track. So but here's the key with spot track right now is they have the salary cap at one eighty nine point nine. And we all know right now it's only at one eighty. So that $9.9 million obviously makes a huge difference. So if you take out that $9.9 million extra, Pittsburgh right now has negative $16 million in cap room. Man, you can't deny that skill set, though. I mean, J.J. Watt, I mean, I, I love – I think he's, he's absolutely healthy, one of my favorite. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. If course. he's healthy. He's one of my favorite defensive players in the league right now. He is one of my favorites, and I love – I love his grit. I love how tough he is. I mean, him coming off that major injury last year, uh, the Texans weren't didn't have a, a winning record. Uh, they were still d- doing pretty good, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, he he's fed up. He's frustrated. He's like, listen, you guys don't have your shit together. I, I, I need a team. I've been waiting for you guys to tell me that we are ready to win, and I feel like every year we are, and then we don't. Like, it's it's it can't be my fault on its own. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to lead this defense. So it'll be interesting where he can go. He has to go in somewhere where he can be a plug and play, though. That's another key. He's got to be plug and play. The one thing, and I like J.J. Watt. Okay, at the end of the day, he's he's a good dude. Obviously, what he did for Houston during Hurricane Harvey was absolutely yeah, good. Dude, yeah, dude, off the field, right. So this, what I'm about to say is no reflection on his character as a human being. Nothing personal. I do find it awfully ironic and awfully hypocritical 
that he was seen with his arm around Deshaun Watson walking off the field week 15, 16, 17, you know, mm-hmm. whenever the Texans knew that the season was done. Right. And he was like, hey, man, I'm so sorry we're wasting your potential. You deserve more. <laughs> and then he literally negotiates his way out of Houston. Uh, uh, come on, man. I haven't seen any people talking about this either. And honestly, it's something that just now popped in my head huh. as we were having this conversation. But yeah, literally look it up. There's a video of him. He, you know, walks like I'm saying. He just Is there audio the for that? Yeah, and he's like, "Look, dude, I'm sorry. We we couldn't win for you. All you deserve right now is to win." But at the same time, see you later. I'm gonna try to. Find yeah, him. peace out, deuces. <laughs> yeah, give the old ATW deuces. There you go. Gotta love business in the NFL, right? You're right, man. I mean, it's nothing but a bunch of hypocritical, <laughs> hypocritical millionaires. Right? These guys are supposed to be role models, right? Evan, I want to go ahead and get started and talk about our Bucks draft needs. Uh, this is one area that I just have a lot of head scratching. Like, I don't follow college in across the college paradigm, right? I know that the, the star players like the Trevor Lawrence's and the Najee Harris's and the, uh, what is it? Devontae Smith. I think it is from Alabama. Right. So I know a, a few guys, right. But you know, I mean, outside of the team that you follow, like, you know, I follow Florida. I also follow, uh, follow UCF. Um, but I, you know, when, when you, when you stack them all up against each other and who's ranking and who's, who's, who's football worthy and who's going to be going where and which need, I start losing myself a little bit there. There's a lot of gray areas. I, I, I know you've done a lot of studying in regards to the draft and 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 where players kind of are, are best fits when and where. So let's go ahead and talk about that because I'd love to get your input on this. The very first thing, and one one pick that keeps coming up about the Bucks needs, which they're sitting at number 32 on the draft in the first round. One pick that seems to be pretty intriguing is Najee Harris. He is the running back out of Alabama. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he a was he a Heisman finalist? Yeah, he was. He was a Heisman finalist. Yeah, I mean, this kid is for him to drop down to 41st. He's ranked 41st, so for him to be available that low, which is surprising to me, uh, I would feel like there are 30 other teams at least that need a good, solid running back. Uh, I can only name a few that are pretty solid, probably five. Uh, but where do you see Najee Harris? Do you see him as a potential pick for the Bucks? I think, and and I and I said this on my on my free agent spotlight with James White. I don't know if they waste that pick on a running back just simply for the fact that they know they have Ronald Jones and they have Keyshawn Vaughn waiting in the wings. That is a very good pass catching uh, young running back. But what are your thoughts, man? So I feel like every conversation about the draft should automatically involve the caveat of there's going to be no combine this year. So it's going to be extremely hard to gauge. You're not using those measurements, right? Right. Obviously tape rules overall at the end of the day, tape is going to give you more of an evaluation, a more accurate evaluation than anything else. But those numbers still help. It helps to see, you know, just reactive time, speed, all that other stuff. Either way, it all really depends on who's there at number 32. At number 32, you're really not drafting based off of need. You're going to draft based off of best Who player is the available. best player? And yeah. if Najee Harris is the best player available, especially this year, I'm okay with them taking it. I necessarily won't like – 
spending a first round pick on a running back. Actually, let me take a couple steps backward. I don't think he's going to be there at 32, so I don't think Tampa Bay's going to have to worry about that. But if he is, I honestly wouldn't mind it just depending on who else isn't there. Um, Davian Nixon, a buddy of mine on Twitter, Corey Kinnon, uh, he told me that right now there are some Title IX concerns going on with him, so there's a good chance he might fall very far in the draft. Um, there might be a, a good shot that he doesn't get drafted at all, depending mm-hmm. on how all that plays out. Um, that automatically takes one player out of the equation at 32. It just all really depends. I've seen Joe Tryon, a Washington uh, defensive end edge guy, um, who I've liked what I've seen based off of what I've read and all that other good stuff, um, possibly being a pick at 32. It just really all depends on who's there. If Najee Harris is, in fact, the best player available, I can see the Bucks using him next year as long as they don't sign a James White or something like that in free agency. And honestly, at the end of the day, I would not be upset with it. I think right now a lot of people who follow the Bucks, Bucks fans, and just people in general are looking at Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. and yeah. saying this draft is going to be a failure if we don't get two guys like that or at least one guy like that this year when really, A, you don't find guys like that just right off the bat often. I mean, that the NFL draft just does not work like that. You don't find two players who contributed and meant and had as much impact as those two guys in the first couple of rounds. And then, B, you're in a completely different spot. You're picking 32nd and 64th compared to 14th and what 45th so just a completely different category of players completely different context um but overall i would not have an issue if Najee harris was drafted at 32 depending on who's still available so here's here's a here's an interesting name for you because i think there's two areas at least that i would focus on and and i think one for mostly for depth purposes because we saw when uh, Kappa went down and we saw, you know, when Donovan Smith went down and there was a shuffle and there was a lot of concern, like a lot of people were nervous on the Allie offensive Marpet. line. Don't forget about Ali Marpet. No, Ali Marpet. That's right. That was, uh, that was, a huge. was screwed when he, oh, went it was huge, 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 huge. That's what I'm saying. I think we're, we're, we'll talk, we'll talk to Zach about this. Cause I want to know, I want to get his thoughts on where he sees the most need uh, in the draft. I'm looking at the offensive line. I'm looking at the offensive line and I'm looking at Samuel Cosme from Texas. He is at number 30. He's ranked 32nd offensive line. He is a tackle could very well be like a Tristan worse. Could, could the bucks free up some space? And I, and I guess there would be some debt there, but could he potentially, uh, could they trade off a couple of picks maybe with Donovan Smith and free up that cat space and move in a nice young guy on that left side and compliment Tristan Wirfs pretty nicely. I'm just saying, you know, the guy's 309 pounds, six foot seven, um, played for the University of Texas. Not a bad, not a bad look, at least. I mean, and I'm just thinking that offensive line was kind of like, dude, we were thinking like they are screwed when those guys went down. I mean, at least from a depth well, perspective. Well, so Kappa, Aaron Sinney came in and played great. 
Um, I don't think you'd have to worry so much if he went down, but I'm also of the mind that Aaron Sneed is going to get paid this offseason. Tampa Bay is not going to be able to find a way to keep him, especially after him playing. He surprised a lot of people. Yeah, he played really well, and I think I think there's going to be especially in that Super Bowl. Yeah, I think there's a team out there that's going to be willing to take a chance and pay him five, six million dollars a year, whereas Tampa Bay can only afford you know maybe two or three tops. I think there's still question marks over Donovan Smith. But so, he, he so here's, play- here's the thing though. But so like the whole the whole thing with relieving the salary cap is if they still have Donovan Donovan Smith on the roster by the time the draft rolls around, it's not gonna yeah. matter if they release him because by then the the bulk of free agency is over with. All your good free agents are gone. Now, granted, there's still gonna be some cuts later down the line. There are some guys who are gonna be designated as post June first cuts which allows teams to get creative in how they save money gotcha. in terms of the dead cap, blah, 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 blah. Um, however, most likely if you wait and keep Donovan Smith on the roster till the draft, then he's going to stay on this roster. But that also goes back to another point. We'll talk about this a little bit later of how important it is, in my opinion, to extend Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen for a couple more years because the way this front five played, even with Aaron Stinney in the lineup over the last, especially over the last three weeks, but just over the last half of the season in general, once Ali Marpet returned, I mean, dude, they were lights out. They were one of the best front five in the NFL. And I believe that cohesion can carry them into 2021 and beyond, and they can continue to be a top five offensive line for the next two to three years, because just how the offensive line is currently constructed. If they extend Jensen Smith, like I said, that allows them to keep everything intact for at least two more years and they can concentrate on other areas of the roster. Um, Overall though, I wouldn't mind seeing like a guard or a tackle drafted, but let's make it like the third or fourth round where they can kind of develop for a couple of years, like an Alex Kappa who obviously sat most of his first year was kind of thrown in the fire in 2019 and then turned into a really, really solid player in his third year. I wouldn't mind taking that approach at all, but I I, th- I don't think they should take offensive line in the first round. If they're going to okay. do anything. And like you said, we'll talk about this with Zach later. Um, they really need to go – they really need to think about fortifying that front seven in the first round. Yeah, another area that I thought was would be really interesting, and maybe they fall to them in, uh, in the second round. Obviously, it's going to be a late second round. But another area that I thought would be really interesting is Asante Samuel Jr. is in the draft, cornerback. What's that? I see you're making all the Seminole fans happy now. Asante <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jr., who by which is the son of Asante Samuel, cornerback for uh, the New England Patriots. So that would probably be, that would be a historic moment. And Philadelphia Eagles as well. He was good with the Eagles. Would too. it be, would it be the very first father-son duo to play with Tom Brady? That would be amazing. I'm just saying, man. That just would, goes to show how old, how old that moment <laughs> He's, no, old, hey, he's I mean, old. I mean, dude, at the end of the day, I mean, draft honestly, drafting a cornerback would make some sense in this draft because yeah. you've got Jordan Whitehead and you've got Carlton Davis both entering contract years this year. I mean, everybody wants to talk, and obviously, this is I'll, I'll cut the head off the snake at this point mm-hmm. because we can go deep down the rabbit hole even more with this, but. 
Tampa Bay, people think they've got a lot of decisions to make this year. They've also got a lot of decisions to make next year as well. And Jordan Whitehead and Carlton Davis are definitely part of those decisions. Need to so look it ahead. Surpri- it wouldn't surprise me to see them spend a second round pick, maybe even a fourth or fifth on a, on a cornerback this year. All right, Evan, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk with Mr. Zach Blodmer, who we've been talking about from 95.3 WDAE Tampa Bay. You're listening to the Bucks Nation podcast. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, Bucks Nation. We are in block two on the Bucks Nation podcast. And we are now joined by iHeartRadio sports host and producer for 95.3 WDAE AM 620 Tampa Bay. Please welcome in Zach Blobner. Zach, last time you and I touched base, man, things were getting a little crazy with Super Bowl week. How's life been since the big game? You know, it's tough because I feel like I'm caught in both reality and fantasy. Like, there's the awesome fact that the Bucs did win the Super Bowl. It it has been. And the thing is, is like, obviously, there's, there's the realness to it, right? You see these guys. Uh, that are, you know, now taking pictures of the Lombardi trophy at the boat parades. You're seeing all these like pictures and stuff. Or throwing it the- from one boat to another, you know, whatever. Yeah, man. So, <laughs> so like, so like that's the fantasy side of it of like, oh my God, this is real. The Bucks are world champions. They won Super Bowl 55. They did it at Raymond James. But then there's, you know, the, the, the reality of it, which is like, okay, but off season starts right away. we got to get right into it. Um, so it's tough because like, you you're trying to buy rail that line of like how much do I enjoy this and how much do I start looking ahead and the Bucks oh, are doing sure. that too so it goes both ways. Well, let's go ahead and get right into some questions here. We have some questions focused around free agency, franchise tags, uh, a bunch of other things that are going on around. We are in full off season mode, so we got to start talking about some pretty hot topics. So I'm going to start off with a question here. There's some buzz around Tom Brady and extending his contract. Jason Light was on the Rich Eisen show recently, and he even said he was very comfortable and he did not look slow at all in 2020. He didn't give much away. He did say it's a possibility, but he does talk to his quarterback often. What's your take on this? What do you think about extending Brady's contract? You know, it's funny with like offseason stuff like this, especially when it comes to the general manager and front office people, as opposed to potentially the head coach or players you're trying to play poker right with them and they're trying to play it with their players and with everything that's happening. And I learned like early on in playing poker, like there's a saying where, you know, even when a guy says nothing, he says something, right. There's always a tell, even if they're not bluntly like being up front with the information and with Jason, I thought it was interesting that he said several times now that in terms of an extension with Tom Brady, he's quote unquote, keeping it under wraps. He never said like, Oh, we'll have to talk to Tom. We'll see what happens. He said, we're keeping it under wraps. So that to me is, again, pretty much Tim telling us that, yeah, I've approached Tom. We've talked about it. It's something we're trying to work towards. And honestly, all things considered, and I said this a couple months ago, uh, there's no reason they shouldn't find an extension with Brady and work past just having him on one more year here in Tampa Bay, at least contractually speaking. You know, there's one thing that's breaking news. I, I don't try to break news, but I think there's another side, which is logical news. Logical news, even before they won the Super Bowl, was Brady's still balling. And and knowing that and knowing he wants to keep playing, it just made sense even at that point with that alone to figure out some kind of year or two year extension with him. Now we know it would even help help the uh, cap space and potentially bring another player or two back from that title run. So it's hard to find a negative to bringing Brady back on an extended deal outside of the year that he's already got contractually. I think it's for sure going to happen. The question 
Is it a one year, two, or even potentially three? Three would shock. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, do, does he make it all the way to what, 45, 46? Which I think he's even said is I, I could play well past forty five, and that's what Brady said. Evan, I mean, it all makes sense at the end of the day, and you look at especially his last few years with the Patriots, how he did the exact same thing. He restructured deals, he extended by a year or two, and that allowed the Patriots to continue to push money back and all that good stuff. And the best thing about it is he has Giselle Bunchen by his side, who's bringing in cash herself. So it's kind of like one reason why I've thought Rob Gronkowski might come back for a reasonable price of around four or five million this year is because he knows he's got advertisements. He knows he's got endorsements once he leaves the NFL. I mean, look how much success he had with his short stint with WWE, even though it wasn't you know, selling out WrestleMania or anything like that. Dude, he had a belt, Evan. He had a belt, man. Yeah, he was a champion. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, he was a champion. So, I mean, Brady has other sources of income, which obviously really, really helps the situation. Totally. An extension all day long can see it happening. Like Zach said, it's just a matter of how long is it going to be? Yeah, and it's interesting too, guys, because I think, you know, obviously like if Brady came out and said, hey, if we're going to extend me, I want to have another two years tacked on to make it three total. And if, if you're the Bucks, like, let's be blunt. He just won you a Super Bowl. I don't care what the hell he asked for. If he asked for five years, I'd be like, all right, man, like it wasn't the route we would go. But if you think you can play for five, <laughs> we'll figure it out. I think realistically, though, like, you know, doing adding adding a year makes sense. Cause it always gives you a year to work with and you can kind of nickel and dime every season that way. And Brady at this point, like you mentioned, has made the money that he wants. So to, to him, you know, it's not about getting rich. Like he's, he's well right. beyond that. So I, I think for him, it's you add the year, which gives him breathing room, which gives the bucks breathing room, helps him with the cap. And then listen, let's do this again next off season, right? If things are still going well, if he's still healthy, you just do the same thing. You add another year. I don't see the, the the need to add two unless, of course, guys that are smarter than us when it comes to the cap, Mike Greenberg over there in the front office working the numbers, thinks like, okay, yeah, but if we add him for two years on top of this one that he has, we can actually create another two or three million in cap. But outside of that, like, I just think it makes more sense to do it every offseason with the year of breathing room. Right, for sure. Talking about free agency, again, Evan, you had some really uh, good thoughts around Levante, David, Barrett, Godwin. Should they get re-signed? And if not, who who are the best replacement options? Yes, I mean, just when you look at the free agent list, it's hard to really pinpoint somebody right now. There's still a lot of time left to figure out between deals who's going to get cut. I mean, we saw Adam Humphreys get cut by the Titans today. So obviously there's going to be a lot more differences or, sorry, a lot more um, – changes coming up but man just in consideration of who if we're just playing gm putting our gm hats on for a second in terms of who would be the number one guy that you would want to replace either shaquille barrett levante david or chris godwin who in my opinion are the top three free agents for the bucks this year i mean zach who are you looking at on on your list of candidates for those guys so let's start with Barrett because that's the guy that I just absolutely don't think can be replaced, whether we're talking draft, free agency. Hmm. I mean, obviously there's a love affair out there with a guy like J.J. Watt, and I saw some numbers today being thrown around for him around 14 or 15 mil potentially to sign 16. on. 
It's insane. Like I once you get past like thirteen, like, I don't think it matters for him. <laughs> no, but but for sure. But like I just I didn't expect his number to be no that me either. High. Me either. Right. Right. He, like this is a guy who's like I'm only here to win. Also though, I still want to be one of the most high paid guys. Like I'm like, dude, that oh, doesn't sure. work. But 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 hey, you know what? God bless him. Like get your money, man. If you can go to a contender and get paid, like more power to you. But even if he was taking a lesser deal, and you were like, oh, he's value and he can contribute, he still isn't Shaq Barrett, at least as far as what Barrett's got right now. Right. So Barrett's awfully tough to replace. And I'll say this, even if Barrett is able to get signed on long-term, I'm already high on the Bucks potentially with that 30-second pick, looking to take a defensive lineman because JPP is on the way out. I mean, he's still balling too, but he's older, right? And, and let's say that let's say the Barrett deal like doesn't pan out. You, you can never have too many pass rushers. So I, I think for me, regardless of that deal, as far as like trying to replace or I guess add depth to the pass rushing room, that edge rusher position, I, I'm looking at the draft specifically. Um, you know, I just I don't think that that guy or those replacements are, are out there in free agency. Now, Chris Godwin as a receiver, it's a little bit more interesting in my opinion because I think with that you're not going to be able to equate to what he does on the field. You're not going to be able to completely find a guy that just you know would be able to replace him. But I think as far as the numbers and what he did this year from a Super Bowl run, like aspect, statistically speaking, there are receivers out there. I mean, you can get a vet. You can let one of your young guys, whether it's Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller or bring back Antonio Brown, even like there are so many ways to fill that role. And I think the hardest part of his game to replace is the blocking. Right. But I mean, that's, you know, look, that's again, that's part of what you lose if you let a guy like Godwin walk. And, and, and although I do ultimately expect them to tag him, um, that's kind of, you know, the, the conversation has been going around from a replacement standpoint. I mean, you could look literally anywhere. I mean, I, I don't think like not that they would have a reunion with a guy like Deshaun Jackson or even Adam Humphreys. But like, honestly, from, again, a number standpoint, you're just talking about a guy getting catches here and there in between Mike Evans, the tight ends and whatever else is going on with some of the younger receivers. I do think that that's an easier replace position production wise, number wise. And then on the last guy, Levante David, you know, again, I think that's a tough one to replace, not so much based on the numbers and what he did uh, on the field in between the hash marks. I, I think for him, it's just a matter of leadership. Like, are you going to go be able to go out and find a, a linebacker that can play that role that also commands the defense that, you know, a guy like Devin White can lean on if he's having a couple of tough games? Because, look, Devin White was great, but he struggled at points in the year. And I guarantee the number one guy that he kind of went to to chat about and get his head right was Levante. So although I think Levante, too, is a guy that's replaceable from the numbers aspect, production aspect, I think the leadership is a value uh, to me that, that really, you know, you can't put enough credit to. And that I think that's the reason, you know, they're going to try to work hard to get him back, too. I, I, I just I don't know if any of these guys have an equivalent replacement wise. Um, and again, with Shaq being the hardest one to even come close to. I like how you caught on to my quick, my trick question because that's kind of what I was getting at was these all these guys all three of them do something that is unique that is special to this team that really can be replaced. Yes, you can replace them in terms of salary, you can replace them in terms of a body on the field, but with Chris like you said the run blocking just the toughness he brings to the team, the dedication so on and so forth and just how Tampa Bay uses him in the offense can't be replicated by any other free agent on the market. It cannot be replicated by any draft pick. Shaq Barrett, the amount of pressure that he's able to bring, just how he fits in this defense, it can't be replicated either. I mean, he is second in the NFL over the last two years in sacks. So 
has more sacks than Aaron Donald. I think TJ Watt is the only guy with more sacks than him over the last two years. And then obviously Levante, heart and soul of the defense, the coverage skills. You look at the the inside linebackers in the free agent market and plus in the draft as well, and the coverage skills are just completely lacking. And then obviously the heart and soul of that whole thing, what he brings to the locker room. So, yeah, man, these three guys, they really can't be replaced in terms of what they mean to this defense. And that's why I think – if any, I call them the elite eight, the, the eight top free agents that the Bucks have. Um, of the elite eight, I think if they have to let the other five go, these three guys are the guys they bring back. I don't know how in the hell they're going to do it, but that's who I think if anybody, that's that's those are the three that will be back. Now, I, w- I want to say this because I think we're so focused, and, and a lot of this is because of Bruce Arians and the comments he's made. He's like, you know, we're not looking elsewhere and outside of our team. We're trying to keep – together as many guys as we can and that's certainly that's the first idea and i get it look you just won a super bowl why wouldn't you want to keep it as close to possible yeah the highest still there and all that good stuff but with that being said that doesn't mean that this team is going to be exactly the same next season and and although they might lose in some areas depending on which players go like blocking from a receiver position uh you know maybe it's 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 the intangibles of the leadership that levante brings they could also upgrade in other areas. Like imagine them adding a running back that can catch the ball consistently. And I don't mean that, you know, as a knock, right. but it, it, it's there, there'll be tweaks, right? Like they're not going to get a brand new engine for the car, but they might get some new hubcaps. They might, you know, f- fix up the, 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 the brake fluid, who knows, like just little things. So they'll be slightly different. And, and we know the areas where they could get hurt if they lose some of these guys. But I do think one thing to remind all Bucks fans is like, they could also pick up some free agents that could help in other areas that could potentially, you know, upgrade this uh, offseason heading into the year. I mean, the depth is definitely one area that you should be looking. I mean, that second string. I mean, when these guys went down, I mean, there was areas that there was some there was some hurt there. There was some hurt going on. So, I mean, you you don't want to be hurting when one of these star uh, starters obviously goes down. That was interesting how you picked up on the on the defensive lineman in the draft because we were talking about it in the first block. Evan and I were talking about the the, the Bucks and uh, draft needs. And we didn't even touch on defensive linemen because actually, if you look at the actual uh, anywhere that's nearby from a defensive lineman, it's Levi. I can't even pronounce his last name. On was Zeriki from Washington uh, coming in at 30th. So even if if he were to be passed up, could he be available at 32? I think that's really interesting. And I'd love to see what happens with Sue. Love to see what happens. Davian Nixon, if Sue doesn't come back, that's the one guy. All right. All right. See, we didn't even talk about those guys. So that was really interesting that you actually brought that up. Zach, I want to go ahead and go right into the next one. Which Bucks free agent would you expect to get everything that they wanted? I'm talking the full, like the Lamborghini, the full-blown paycheck. I mean, give me the long term. If they had their way, who would who would it be? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, when talking about the big ones, I, I think Shaq Barrett's the guy. Because, again, I don't think he's he's the hardest one to replace, in my opinion. Um, okay. and, and listen, I keep reminding Bucks fans, and you all know, two seasons ago, before Shaq came to town, one of the biggest critiques of the team was, and this was something that everybody felt like, yeah, Jameis was polarizing, the quarterback position typically is in every team in every city. But every single Bucks fan was like, man, it'd be nice if somebody could rush the passer like Simeon used to. It'd be nice if a guy could get double-digit sacks again. Like, that was the number one complaint I heard consistently as a unanimous fan base of the Buccaneers. Then they get Shaq in town. He leads the league with 19 and a half sacks, like breaking records, like just a phenomenal season. And then this year, he was lights out in the playoffs for the most part, including definitely the Super Bowl. And now you have Bucks fans that are like, ah, I don't know, he might be average. Like JPP outperformed him. Vita Vey was the guy 
that like made all that work. And it's like, damn, y'all forget how quickly you were bitching to have a guy like Shaq. And now because Shaq didn't have a historic year on the sack side, you just act like he's an average dude. He's elite. He is elite. So I think mm-hmm. if it's rolling out the red carpet for somebody, it's Shaq Barrett. But I'm going to give you an, a different answer, though, because I think that's the easy one for me. If there's one guy that they're going to say, whatever we have to do, we'll do to keep you, I think it's Gronk, actually, because I think his demands are going to be the, the easiest, right? Easiest, you know, he's okay. going to he's gonna ask for, like, almost no money comparatively to, like, what he brings and from a, a top tight end standpoint. So you know his value is going to be great. He's going to probably ask for, you know, a bunk bed in the Brady Mansion. Done. You can add that. And then I'll add in, like, a chocolate fountain, right? Like And, like, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, done, Gronk. You're good. We got you. Like, I think his demands are going to be so, like, minimal for what he does for this Give team. Give me a bouncy that, house. <laughs> right, bro. So, like, if you're talking about, like, like you guys, it's and I know you guys meant money and, like, all that, but, like, you mentioned Lamborghini. Like, Gronk's asking for, like, literally a weekend on, like, in Gasparilla. He wants to lead the parade next year. Like, that's what he wants. Like, they're going to tell Gronk, yeah, dude, we got you. Like, you're the easiest person to appease. Here's a rubber ball. We'll talk to you in, like, five days. We're good, man. And so I, I think that that's the more fun answer. Um, but if we're being serious, you know, I'd go with Shaq Barry. That, that, Barrett. That tight end room actually is is getting paid, man. Gronkowski has projected $8.5 million in 21. Brate, uh, $6.5 million this next year. Howard's fifth year is looking at $6 million. So that tight end room is getting paid uh for sure let's jump right into the franchise uh, franchise tag evan yeah honestly i think gronk could ask based off of the chemistry i've seen between him and brady just in videos and everything i think he could ask for a wing of brady's mansion and brady would be all right with it get it on the contract right now evan. draw it up he'll be hey as long as tutties are involved and everything is good to go man but hey so one thing I've seen thrown around a lot, and I'm glad you brought this up, kind of talking a, a few minutes ago, is the franchise tag. So I, I like to think that I study the salary cap. I, I like to think I know what's going on. Now, granted, I think that about a lot of things, and it doesn't work out a lot of the time. So I could definitely be off. But based off of what I've seen, if you're looking at the NFLPA's numbers and if you're looking at OTC's numbers uh, over the cap, Tampa Bay right now has about 13.4 million in cap room to about a max of 17.8. And that's before they pay the draft class around $6.7 million. Is it even a smart move to use the franchise tag on anyone right now? Unless obviously you could try to do it for extension down the road, but what if that doesn't work? Let's say it doesn't work out. Is it a smart move to use it right now? Man, that's such a tough question. It's a great question. It's a tough one. Because I I think there's such a fine line of like, how much do you want to gamble your future? And and when I say your future, I don't mean like five years. I mean like next season or like after this upcoming, because literally the Bucs could do all kinds of things to keep like 99.9% of the team intact and and try to go to back to back with their Super Bowl run. Like that part to me is easy, but you start talking about other moves and it's like, are you willing to sacrifice a lot this year, even for the next season? Because we're talking about Brady potentially getting two more years added on, or even if he only gets another year added on doing another extension next offseason if things go well. So you do have to consider that at least slightly. Like, look, you want to talk to me about three years from now, four years from now, I want to chat about it because I'm like, Brady will be retired at some point by then or at least start to diminish. But two years from now, I think you do have to keep that in mind. So it's it's a very fickle subject. Again, I really do trust the guys in the Bucks front office. Um, to answer the question, though, I, ultimately my gut tells me 
that I, I don't, I don't think it's smart because I, I know that they're going to try to use it on Chris Godwin. I know that that number is what 16 mil. 16 uh, give, mil right. That completely yeah. like, wipes out your entire cap space. If you use it on one guy, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. you could use that 16 mil. And look, let's be fair. A tag at 16 mil for Chris Godwin is a steal. Yeah, That's going to be by right. It's a great price, but for that 16 mil, you can bring back Sue Gronk, AB, and potentially like one more guy that I suck maybe, up, maybe I can't even. Yeah. suck up. And right. it's like, what? Like for that? Yeah. And, and again, you know, it's tough because I know Chris is great. And listen, here's the thing. This is where it gets tough because if they tag him, they could give him the big deal next year. So you give yourself the opportunity to do that. But how much do you sacrifice? How much do you put yourself in a, a corner by giving him that this season? I Again, I it sucks because I like Chris. And isn't it tougher when it's a player that's like a likable guy like yeah. there's like right. let's be honest if it was Keyshawn Johnson you want to, <laughs> I don't know man I'd be like all right good luck bro like we appreciate the ring yeah. like you know but but it's Chris Godwin like my man puts money towards puppies when he makes catches like he's a good dude like so it, it's tough to say it but ultimately man it's tough for me to to just nod and be like yeah you pay him 16 mil when you got Evans and Miller and you can get AB on a good deal, Tyler Johnson upcoming. You just mentioned yeah. the money in the tight end room. And Tom Brady, he's yes. made all kinds of dudes look good. So it's it's my answer ultimately is no. I, I don't think it's smart, but I do think they ultimately do well, it. And two years from now, I'll probably be happy they did. Speaking of Chris Godwin, I mean, he, he seems to be the, the heavy favorite, right? I mean, Twitter's blowing yeah. up about it. Uh, they're talking about it on Good Morning Football. I mean, they're saying that Chris Godwin is a perfect fit for the tag well, because you're I think right. The, I think they the could main bring him back next that, year for because Shaq Barrett, you got to apply the 120% rule if you tag him because he'll be his second year in a row. So instead of being the market price of whatever the tag is, it's going to be like 19 mil for Shaq if you mm-hmm. tag him this year. Which is what you would pay him anyways. So right. like Godwin's, Godwin's a deal under the right. tag. Shaq is what you would pay him regardless. Plus, you want to keep him happy. He hasn't. He's already been tagged. Godwin being tagged for the first time is like, oh darn! I get a pay raise to freaking <laughs> right. sixteen mil. I guess I'll have to figure I made out my how to entire get rookie contract in one year. Yeah, like, <laughs> and he's 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 all but admitted that when he was on the McAfee show, he's like, yeah, you know, I want to take care of my family, but I'm not going to complain about like this upgrade right. in pay, which is fair, you know. So talking about the free agent tag and talking about free agency and and just looking at the Bucks overall need in general, Zach. Where do you anticipate the most focus? Which position do you think warrants the most focus? I think a lot of people are saying focus on that D line, focus on the defense. I don't know if it's going to be on the front. I don't know if it's going to be on the back, secondary, maybe maybe some help with to ATW. Maybe it's on the offensive line. Where do you see the most need that they need to fill, whether it's in the draft, free agency, or other? Or I mean, I think... If you talk about focus, I, I mean, I, I just again, it has to be on the D line. Um, I think you have so many other areas shirt up, right? Like you feel good about trying to bring suck up back, uh, and, and so what you got, got going on in the special teams, you don't have to really worry about a backup quarterback right now, especially if you give Brady that extension. The receiver core, we just talked about that. The tight end room, if anything, you're trying to cut, not add. So like there, I guess you could argue that the tight end room is is a focus as well because there's a lot of money being managed there. But I think it's the defensive line. You know, they bought they bought and brought McClendon in to kind of help out. Uh, Sue, as you mentioned, is is up and he's older. So even if they want right. to bring him back, they got to consider that. Um, I think a big part of that, too, guys, is like, and I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Like, where are we at on Anthony Nelson? Right? Like, that's a cat right. 
who we thought was going to step in and be Carl Nassib. He wasn't. Um, now, that doesn't mean that he can't be, but basically with JPP getting older, you're hoping you can bring Shaq back. Vita Vea is a stud, but he's been injured every year he's been in the league. Uh, and then I mentioned all those other guys, basically free agents. William Golston, he's older too now. Like, what do you do with him? Contract the defensive and, and look, all those guys are good. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you tell me, okay, we're going to bring them all back. We're going to figure out the money. I'm happy. But even then, we're going to be in the same position next year talking about the defensive line, which is, you know, it takes me back to the draft, which is why I think, like, I think this is going to be a draft where you see at least two, if not three, uh, defensive lineman guys in the trenches taken by the Bucks. Dude, I'm right there with you. They have to upgrade the defensive end, I quote unquote, because obviously Todd Bowles' three man front is very, very different than most defenses. Um, but they've gotta they've gotta find a solution for Sue and Golston, who's over 30 and entering a contract year. And they gotta find a solution for the edges in case Shaq doesn't come back because JPP, this is a contract year for him as well. They've got to start getting younger at the position. Anthony Nelson showed flashes, but I'm right there with you. He's not a guy who who you can fully rely on to take over for any of those guys right now. And plus he's more of like a tweener in this defense. In my opinion, he can stand up and he can put his hand in the dirt, um, which makes it in my opinion, even more imperative for the bucks to extend guys like Ryan Jensen and Donovan Smith, even as as much as some people are going to hate me to hate hearing me say that um, that will allow you to focus the next couple of drafts on replacing your defensive front, because honestly, I don't think this draft, I don't think you're going to find guys who are going to take care of that problem in this draft because the yeah. drop off on the defensive line, the, the front seven on your edges and your uh, interior guys is pretty steep once you get past the first 20, 25 picks. And hey, guess what? Price of winning a Super Bowl, we ain't picking in those <laughs> spots. So I think they're really going to have to lean in and focus on the front seven, especially the interior defensive linemen and the outside edges over these next two drafts. And that's absolutely crucial for sure, man. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that one as well, because if you look at Todd Bowles, how he's adjusted some of the schemes up front, especially, you know, uh, Evan, you and I have talked about going to the four-man fronts and even the five-man front sometimes, and definitely being able to get that uh, extra man in there when needed and still keeping white and David not, not pushing them up, I think is critical. Right. So absolutely, man. I think that edge, I think first and foremost, from a, from a bowls, Todd bowls defense, being able to rush from the outside. I mean, you got ATW being able to blitz from the outside and you know, a lot of those stunts that have been going on, but yeah, that defensive line, getting that extra man to be able to play, you know, like Zach, you mentioned Nelson Golson. I think those are guys that are critical and, you know, we got to get some guys that are more consistent. It wasn't until we saw Vita Vea come back and then all of a sudden, bam, they're lights out again. So having that yeah. extra man was absolutely critical. I mean, Sue's just, he's fat and slow, but he's awesome. He's strong, right? He's strong. <laughs> hey, man. But he's he's mean. Sue has he's mean. Sure. Year, but man. he's fat he and good. slow, and that's just, unfortunately, that's an Indomitian Sue. But, I um, mean, who's 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 signed on? I should know this, but, like, off the top of my head, outside of Vita Vea, like, who's actually signed on to stick around after next season on that deal? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, Devin White, that's it. That's Devin White. Yeah. I mean, no, like, this, this is a contract year for Golson. It's a contract a year for JPP. Yeah, JPP is going to be around for one more. That's a problem, yeah. boys. Like yep, that's an it's issue. Huge. Like, yeah, you got to look at least 100%. for the next few years out. All right, Zach, thanks a lot for jumping on, man. I really appreciate you jumping on the show with us. We hope to have you on the show a lot more. So please, let's stay in touch. Tell everybody where they can find you at, man. 
Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me for a few minutes, you know, especially as free agency shakes up, you know, we can dive into the draft a little bit more, but you can follow me on pretty much all social platforms at Zach on the mic, Z-A-C on the mic. You can find me on uh, WDAE iHeartRadio Monday through Friday from six to nine on the morning show, Saturdays 10 to noon. And then in football season, you get me on the fantasy football show uh, over there at WDAE from 10 to 11. And if you guys are drinking beer, you're in the area, you're hitting up Tampa Bay in any capacity, find me at the craft beer playbook. We're starting a new thing there. Nice. Uh, where we drink, drink a little. Yeah, you know, I'll get a little, get a little nice. sipping going in the off season. A little help. Include help, me help in on that one, man. You got to hit me up because I'm a big craft beer guy. So you got to hit me. All up. right, Jason. I got you, man. I got, a, <laughs> I got a bar stool and a pint for you, bro. We'll get a situation. Yeah. Awesome, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, love the show and everything else that you guys are doing over there at WDAE. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show just as we always do with a little I don't give a buck and some over-unders. We also have a special announcement on the other side, so you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Welcome into Block 3, folks. You know what that means. It's time for... Here we go! I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Evan, I don't give a buck if Fournette doesn't return next season. We have a budding pass catcher with Keyshawn Vaughn in the backfield. He's shown that he, in the couple times that he has played, that he's been active, that he is ready to take the next step. He wants to play. He's a very good pass catcher. He's young. He's nimble. Uh, we have Ronald Jones. He is a downhill runner. I've been a fan of his all season. You and I have talked about it. I've been one of his biggest advocates uh, to get him on the field. And I think as long as he's holding on to the ball, he's not fumbling, which I know that Bruce Arians absolutely despises. But he has given Rojo the chance when he did uh, later on that season. If you remember that second game where he did fumble it, they did not pull him out. Uh, unlike the first time he did. Uh, Rojo can be the bell cow, man. He could be the bell cow back. And I think with the nice blend that they were able to, to end the season with, Fournette came in at the right time. And it was almost like, well, now you show up. You show up right when it's like, when you feel like it kind of in a way. And it took you in, the entire season, took him the entire season to figure out what his role was. And it wasn't until after he got deactivated that one game that it took a discussion with Bruce Arians and Fournette to say, hey, listen, know your role, kid. Or you know what? See see your ass out the door. And it took that to kind of drive that motivation. Be like, okay, coach, I got you. And and finally, in that last stretch of the season, playoff Lenny was born. And, of course, he helped us win uh, the Lombardi. But the fact is, is that, you know what? Fournette took all season long to do that. Yes, he had a great postseason. Maybe that's where he shines. But you need consistency throughout the year. I don't know, and I don't really care if Fournette returns. Uh, I think Vaughn is going to definitely have to be able to step up, especially with McCoy gone, which we all anticipate him to leave as well. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be the Rojo and Vaughn show. And then it does leave a little bit of room for us to be able to pick up a running back later on in the draft, maybe five, six plus rounds uh, deep where they could pick up a good depth running back. So, Evan, I don't give a buck if Fournette does not return next season. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, man, overall, I'm with you. I don't give a buck either. However, I will be slightly concerned as to whether or not Rojo can fulfill that third down back role or that three down back role, rather, I should say. And I will be concerned 
as to whether or not Keyshawn Vaughn can take that step forward. He had some good moments in 2020. However, I don't know, man, especially him being a third round pick. He definitely has a lot of room to improve. And this offense was very, very reliant on Fournette in the playoffs. Not saying Rojo can't do what he did in those final three weeks, three or four weeks. However, it's still going to be really interesting to see. But regardless, Jason, I don't give a buck about what Bruce Arian says. I don't give a buck about what Chris Godwin says. I don't give a buck about what Shaquille Barrett says. I don't give a buck about what any of the elite eight free agents and Tampa Bay's front office talking heads say over these next two weeks or whatever it is from now between now and March 17th, because everything is going to be regurgitated cliche bullshit that we've heard ever since we first started watching football. Everybody's going to say, Oh, well, I would love to run back, run it. Oh, sorry. Hold on. You just went old man there. I love it. (laughs) Hold hold on. Before, Before I piss anybody off here. And if you follow Twitter and Buck's Twitter, you know who I'm talking about. And I love her to death. Well, I just kind of singled her out right there. But anyway, not run it back when they go for two. Let me make sure I get this straight here. Um, Anyway, so when we go for two, I would love to go for two. However, I still want to get paid. That's what we're going to hear for the next three damn weeks, two and a half damn weeks, whatever the hell it is. Jason, I don't give a buck about what any of the free agents say because like Bruce Arian said on Wednesday, dollars still talk. Let's find out what you're saying on March 17th when the pen hits the paper. Jason, I don't give a buck about what anyone has to say about their future in Tampa Bay until March 17th. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. You're very passionate about that, and I really appreciate it. And obviously, we were talking about that before, uh, where obviously the narrative will change between now and then. And, and March 17th is going to be very interesting. I think that entire week is going to be interesting. And and seeing those contracts just fly out windows and seeing who, uh, who it is, it's going to look like a, a freaking confetti party. It's going to be nuts. Um, Evan, I don't give a buck where you head after you leave bucks nation dropping a bomb i'm dropping a bomb on you brother i'm dropping i'm dropping a bomb on everybody here on bucks nation podcast right here right now so i don't give a buck where you head man because you know what you're still here you're still here in spirit your legacy will live on here at bucks nation ladies and gentlemen this is our official announcement that uh evan winter will be leaving bucks nation and uh, I will be resuming hosting deta- uh, details uh, or the detail, as we say in the military, um, here for Bucks Nation. As you may have noticed, I joined Bucks Nation this season, doubling down on the North and South podcast as a co host following Bailey's departure. I started the Commissioner's Corner Fantasy Football Show, uh, all in anticipation that, that this day could come. Uh, not that I am happy, it is bittersweet. I'm happy for you, my friend. I have learned so much from you. You are moving on. Uh, it's just been a, it's been an honor, man. It's been an honor riding shotgun with you this past season. I mean, we've become friends, really appreciate all the tutelage from, uh, just getting inside your football mind. And it's just been, uh, I'm a fan of football, but, but breaking down the game and breaking down salary caps and things like that, there's a lot to learn there. Uh, and we definitely want to have you back on as a regular here on Bucks Nation. 
and and so this is it folks uh this is my announcement uh just because it's my turn to give the i don't give a buck <laughs> evan final thoughts man yeah man honestly it's been a hell of a ride it really has uh started the podcast over here at bucksnation.com in the fall of 2018 um completely different cast of characters then but the one thing that's remained true is that no matter where i've been who i've worked with in accordance with this website it's been a pleasure it's been an honor and you say you've learned from me but believe it or not i've learned from you i've learned from everybody that i've worked from or worked with rather at at this website and that's part of being a team um you take each other's perspectives you take each other's opinions and even though you might not agree a lot of the times you still try to find a way to understand where that person's coming from um, why they think that way and as long as you're trying to build that bridge as long as you're trying to connect that bridge and and make sure that everyone is not only treated well but at the same time it's hard to explain, but at the same time, everyone just, just knows what's up to put it in street lingo for all the young kids out there. Um, that's one thing that Bucks Nation has to offer. That's one thing that SB Nation has to offer amongst, amongst a multitude of other things. And man, it's been an absolute honor. I can't wait to see where the road leads to next. Um, I'll be making some official announcements where that road does lead to over the next few days. So everyone pay attention to that. But Jason, honestly, man, I mean, this like uh, salutatory um, congratulations slash send off you're giving me now is honestly probably better than my college graduation. So I appreciate it, man. <laughs> it's uh it's been amazing you know this is obviously a dream come true for me to be able to host a podcast and and to do it with you has been pretty pretty amazing right and and you're you're definitely a uh, a true professional as we all say we will absolutely continue to provide uh, as much coverage about the buccaneers and across the league from a fantasy football perspective as well as from game previews and instant reactions and all the above and we're definitely going to have you back on my friend we're gonna have you on several times i hope well hey and be ready because you're coming on my show as well there you go so, so yeah commitment works both ways everybody the phone <laughs> works both ways i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck i don't give a i don't give a i don't give a fuck i don't give a buck about my departure because i know you are gonna do a kick-ass job i know bailey i know james i know david i know gil i know the new guy mike and i know my boy chris shaner are all and chris i'm sorry if i mispronounced your last name i I never really asked you but regardless chris s cynical bucks fan on twitter one of the best minds out there I know all of y'all are going to fucking kick ass. I know y'all are going to carry That is the fourth F-bomb on the – just FYI, I've been keeping track. <laughs> yeah, fourth no, F-bomb. you got to have the ticker going. I know y'all are going to y'all are gonna serve Bucks Nation proud in both the website sense and just the fanship sense while also delivering unbiased, awesome content. I can't wait to see how the site continues to grow without me because – Better believe it. It's gonna grow. In honesty, I've I've probably held y'all back more than anything. Nah. But at the end of the day, 
can't wait to see what y'all do. So, Jason, I don't give a buck about my departure because all y'all are going to kick some ass. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the onions, man. Who's cutting the damn onions? Yeah, who's cutting the damn onions? <laughs> no, hey, listen. This is a bittersweet moment, fan, uh, Bucks Nation. I mean, for fans, for listeners uh, out there that have been following the show, we absolutely appreciate it, guys. Please hang in there with us. We've got a lot of great stuff, a lot of great content. And, and, and like Evan said, he's going to be on the show several times. We've got great content and great guests lined up. Coming into the new year, we're going to continue our great coverage on a weekly basis. We're going to have at least two to three shows per week, probably as we get more and more involved with the different areas, training camp, uh, obviously moving towards the draft, etc. So stay tuned for that. We are not going anywhere. Uh, if anything, we're going to make it better. We're going to make it better because of you, my friend. We're going to make it better because of you. Are you ready for your last over under? I'm so ready, man. Let's get it done. This is it, man. I'm we are doing Evan's over final. Over under 60 seconds before tears start shedding. <laughs> Boom. This is it, man. All right. Here we go. You are on the clock. This is the free agency edition, mind you. So JJ Watt, 15 million. Go. Over. Sha- Shaq Barrett, 18 and a half million contract. Over. Tom Brady, 1.5 year extension. Under. Levante David, 3.5-year contract. Under. Chris Godwin, four-year contract. Over. I think he gets six. Gronk, one-and-a-half-year contract. Under. Ndamukong Sue, 9.25 million. Same as last season. Over, but that includes incentives. Or, sorry, sorry, under, but very close with incentives. Sorry. 50% 50% chance we land J.J. Watt. Under. 50% James White comes to Tampa. Over. 50% chance they draft an offensive player in the first round. Under. All right, there you go, man. I wasn't even Woo! keeping track. Even we with were gonna... the long explanation there in the middle, I got it. <laughs> you hit it right at the 60 mark, actually, because I, <laughs> I was looking peripherally to my like countdown ticker. I think you hit it right on, but I wasn't going to stop it anyway, because honestly, man. <laughs> You are going to get through all 10 of those, buddy. <laughs> so uh, it, it's a photo finish at the end of the day. I'll, I can live with that. Man, there, there's awesome. always room for interpretation with a photo finish. Hey, listen, it's bittersweet, man. It's bittersweet, my friend. And uh, we're going to carry on the legacy uh, and, and obviously try and keep the same format together here for Bucks Nation uh, as we move forward. Uh, Post March 17th, the new season begins. It's official. And we're going to be doing some new things and some new content. And it's going to be exciting, brother. Season three will be kicking off. And I am very excited about that uh, leading the way. And it's just an extreme honor to be able to kind of take the reins from you, sir. So, well, that'll do it for us here Uh, for the final edition. Officially, the North and South podcast is signing off. When we resume in the new league year, we will officially be back under the Bucks Nation podcast moniker. I want to thank our special guest, Zach Blobner from 95.3 WDAE. AM620 for joining us today. You can find me on Twitter at JC Bucks Nation, and you can also follow the show on our new Twitter handle at Bucks Nation Pod. I want to also thank my fellow co-host Evan Winter for all the great times and the great content this season, the Super Bowl championship year. What what better way to finish off your final uh, season with the Buccaneers and with Bucks Nation? You've been awesome to work with, man. Tell everybody where they can find you. Find me at Evan underscore winner. That's where you can find me on Twitter. 
Um, and I'll be sure to announce the new locations for the other stuff here in a few days. So follow me on Twitter if you want to find that part out for sure. It's exciting stuff, guys. You don't want to you do not want to miss that announcement. I'm very excited uh, about your next ventures, man. Well, hey, everybody, stay tuned in each week as we're going to continue to bring you coverage from all angles, including fantasy football entertainment. And now, including all of you from Bucks Nation, you can now submit a question, make a shout out, send us an email to our brand new mailbag, Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a name, your message, and I'll make sure to get it up on the air in an upcoming show. We plan to have a mailbag only episode each week where we just sit here and answer your questions. So please, Fill that inbox, BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com. And we want to hear from you. Get your questions out, whatever is relevant, any hot news, anything you guys want to know about what's going on with the Buccaneers or anybody that's that's relevant across the league that you want us to mention. We'll be glad to bring that up in our mailbag episode. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until next time, everybody, wave your flags high and fire the cannons. See ya.